The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hello, my friends, and welcome to our practice session. In our practice sessions, we invite our featured guests to show off their negotiation and conflict resolution skills in a realistic scenario. In this session, I want you to pay attention to what our guest does and not to what I do, because while they are trying to show off their skills and teach you, I'm trying to frustrate their efforts in different ways through things like aggression, annoyance, emotionality, or awkwardness. And then after the practice session, we debrief and talk about what worked, what didn't work, and what you can use in your next difficult conversation. All right, everybody, and welcome to our sparring session. Nancy is back for the sparring session. We are ready to go. So let me set the stage. This one's going to be a bit different because you are going to get two sparring sessions for the price of one, just like those classic infomercials. Two for one couldn't get any better. This is great. So the first sparring session is going to be um, me acting as Nancy's client. And so it'll be a conversation that she would have with the client. She's going to set the stage and give us an idea of some of the, the challenges that might come up in the conversation that she has to use. She has to work through as a coach. So we're going to see how those negotiation skills operate as a coach working with a client. So I'm going to try to be difficult in different ways for that sparring session. And then we're going to do a breakdown. We're going to talk about what happened. And then we're going to have the sparring session that you have been waiting for, where Nancy acts as the client would in the difficult conversation that they're prepping for. So the prepper, the conversation that we're prepping for is a difficult conversation where the person continues to get interrupted. So we're going to see how can't Nancy would coach somebody in preparation for that conversation and then how the client should comport themselves as the conversation actually happens. So, um, Nancy, let me hand it over to you to give us a little bit of additional context before we start this unscripted, difficult conversation. So, the women and men that I coach tend to come to me when they are looking to level up their game. So, it could be executive presence. It could be communication skills. It could be um, that they're stuck somewhat stagnant in their career and they want to think about what they want to do next. Um, It could be um, people who maybe are struggling with imposter syndrome, even though we don't like to call it that, feeling like an imposter, let's call it. Um, And um, yeah, people who really just need help speaking up. Perfect. Great. And describe the character I'm playing. So, Kwame, you are a senior level executive, either managing director or somewhere around that level, C-level or SVP level. You are pretty well established in your career, but you feel as if sometimes you struggle and you trip over yourself when you're trying to advocate for yourself or for your team. You feel that that's holding you back. You want some help with your executive presence and being more persuasive when you are trying to communicate your value or the value of your team. Love it. Yeah, this will be great. Awesome. So, so let's jump into the session. Nancy, thank you for taking this session on short notice. I really appreciate it. I have this conversation coming up and I really don't want to mess this up and I, I need some help. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for trusting me to help you because I know 
how important this is for you. And I know it's an investment and let's see if we can figure out kind of what's going on. So you mentioned that you don't want to mess this up. So tell me why this particular situation is, is so high stakes for you. I feel like my career is on the line, honestly. And, um, I've been working so hard, uh, to, to get to this point. And now I have an opportunity to, to pitch my idea for a, a new, a new strategic approach for the company. And it's a very traditional company. We've been doing things the same way for a very long time and it's been successful for sure. Clearly we're, we're a large company, but times are changing. Um, technology is having an impact on the way that we do work. Um, the company is more diverse than ever. Our clientele is more diverse than ever. And I feel like we need to make some adjustments in order to make sure that we can survive into the next generation. But I'm, I'm reaching resistance and I just don't think anybody's going to take me seriously. I don't, Honestly, I don't even think we should. This is kind of a stupid idea, anyway. I should just they they have their strate- they have their strategy. We should just keep on the strategy. I don't know why I keep on trying to step out of line. This is kind of dumb. Okay, so you just I just heard a lot. So let's let's start with the first thing I heard you say, which is you think that your career is on the line. So here's what I would ask you, Kwame: <clears throat> Is your career really on the line? Is it that much of a catastrophic situation? Like, let's say you present the idea and. It doesn't get wings. Is that the end of your career, really? Yes, that, that would be horrible. That would be that would be absolutely horrible. Because if I try this and then it, it doesn't work out, then that's on me. Then I look bad. And so we we were doing things all one way, all all like for decades. We've been doing this all one way. And here comes Kwame, thinking he's special. He tries something new. Now this fails, and it's it's a clear A to B connection between me and that thing. I don't. I don't, it probably is not even worth the risk, honestly, now that I'm, I'm saying that out loud, it seems really dumb. So tell me a little bit more about the company because, because you mentioned that you have this great new strategic approach. It sounds like it might be innovative. Is, 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 is innovation rewarded at your company? Is, is, does the culture support new ideas? Our, our CEO always says if it makes dollars, it makes sense. So it, it just is completely contingent upon whether or not it makes money. Okay, so will this new idea make the firm more money if they adopt this new idea? I think so. I, I think it's pretty clear. Uh, but anything can happen. I could be wrong. But um, I, I do believe that this is something that could help the company for sure. Okay. So you think it will make more money. Are you able to demonstrate how this idea will make more money? Because at the end of the day, you know, if you're going to present your idea, you need to be able to tie it back to the so what. So what is the end result of this idea? So if you were to move forward with this new strategic approach, what's that so what? Well, I've, I've actually done a lot of research on this, Nancy. So based on my numbers that, that I've run on this, conservatively speaking, could probably add five to 7% to the bottom line if I'm speaking conservatively. But if this really hits, I believe it could be maybe 10 to 15%. Great. So you're looking at five to 15% in... Correct. This is incremental, right? This is incremental revenue to the bottom line? Yes. Okay, great. So that's awesome. So there's your first point, right? So when we frame things, we try to frame them in threes because people remember things in threes. So my job, Kwame, is to help you pull all this together so that you can present it persuasively. And the first thing we're going to do 
we just we just kind of jumped ahead to 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 framing things in threes and we have we have one of them but the first thing we're going to do is we're going to start with your audience so who's who's the biggest stakeholder here for this for this idea um well it depends on the way that you you frame it when we think about the stakeholders obviously we have the clients uh who are going to be the recipients of the service so they're mm-hmm. going to be interacting with the st- strategy um outside the company but within the company it's going to be the the managers and their direct reports who have to be executing the strategies okay and who's the decision maker if this if this moves forward my uh our boss it seems to to want to have their hands in everything. And um, so ultimately, it's going to have to pass by them. But I think it's going to be this, um, my the person that I re- re- report to directly right now is the chief operating officer. And so I'm going to have to get that guy on board and then get his blessing in order to take it to the top. Great. So so what's important to the CEO? What, what's his name? Uh, his name is Steve. Okay. Uh, Steve is a jerk. Uh, he's kind of mean, okay. and he's uh, they they call him. You know, it used to be behind his back, but once he heard it, he actually embraced it. Steve the steamroller. Okay. Yeah, he he like he he loved it. Actually, he thought it was hilarious, and so now he he got this little this little toy of a steamroller. He has it on his desk. And so we, we go to his meet the meetings and he has that right there. And so it's almost like a reminder for everybody um, of who he is and who he enjoys being. Yeah, that's interesting. So is that um, is that really do you think that maybe is what's causing you to catastrophize this 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 one idea that you're presenting? Is it because of Steve and how you think Steve might react? Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's he, people, people consider it a bra- badge of honor when you don't cry in front of him. You try to cry later. Yeah. You know, it's, it is, it's pretty rough and he does not care. He's pretty well insulated in the company. And so the, the decorum that most other people need to, to share, to, to have, he doesn't have. It's almost like a tenured professor. He, you have yeah. to try hard mm-hmm. to, to get out of the company when you have his level of, of seniority. Would you say he's a good business person? Like if, if the idea has merit, would he entertain the idea? I mean, if it's a good idea and you can pre- present it persuasively. If it's he... a good idea, he'll take it for his own yeah. <laughs> and, and put it forward. So that, that's another thing we have to consider too. But I think, again, if, if there's a clear path to victory and it can be at least framed as a win for him, I think it's good. But he's a... He, he's, you know, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist here, but it seems like he might have a fragile ego where if he's threatened by the success of others. And so I think that's something that we have to work through. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's always important to understand what's going on with the other person. I I think we would probably do well by spending our times together focused on on the idea and focus how you're you're going to persuasively present the idea so it's always good to know or to try to understand what makes steve tick steve's a coo so i would imagine one of his number one priorities to your point is increasing the bottom line right so this idea one of the things this idea is going to do is increase the bottom line that's going to be important to steve that's going to get his attention what else is important to Steve that you can tie back to this idea? Is it process efficiencies? Is it um, more clients? So, like, what what's another benefit of this idea? What's another outcome that that will come up from this idea? Yeah, so you're right. The bottom line's big. Efficiency is big too. He's a uh, he's very process and systems organ- um, oriented. 
And so we have to be able to explain how this is going to work, mm -hmm. you know, so, so that's very important. He's very detailed in that regard. Does your company invest in professional development training? If you believe that your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out the workshop request form, and then we'll set up a time to chat. These workshops are completely customizable and we've done them all around the country. Negotiation and conflict resolution skills are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. And now, back to the show. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. and so. We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. Is there a process improvement as part of this plan? Is there something that will maybe save time for the company or save resources for the company as part of the process efficiency? I haven't thought about that. I think that's something I need to address for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we're not going to solve it all today, but but now we have, so we have increased to the bottom line. We have some kind of process efficiency. Again, it could be saving hours. It could be saving um, resources, whatever the case may be. And then the last thing that any COO is going to care about, it doesn't matter if he's Steve the Steamroller, is clients, right? Because without ringing the cash register, nobody has a job. So what's the impact to either um, either attracting new clients or retaining or increasing the client value of existing clients. Is there some kind of client relationship here or some kind of connection to clients? Yeah. And to me, one of the, the key elements of the strategy is scale. Um, because again, it helps us to leverage the power of technology to serve more people without necessarily adding much more um, people power on our side too. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, it'll allow us to increase our client base without having to increase the amount of team members to service this new client base. So if you had to guess, what would you say? Like, how much do you think you could expand your reach with the clients? 
It's hard to say. I need to look deeper into the data um, to to see exactly what it looks like. Mm -hmm. But if I recall correctly, I don't have my notes. I believe that we could expand the um, like the the diversity of our clients. And I'm not talking about like racial or gender diversity. I'm just talking about in terms of the the problems that we solve. And so I don't think we need to move too far outside of our industry in terms of like what we've already been doing. But I think we can solve more problems, which helps us to serve our current clients in a new way. And then probably some other people who said, oh, we couldn't go with ABC Corp because they don't do XYZ. I think now we can start to service those people as well. That's great. So you think you can get higher, wider, deeper within your existing accounts and then at the same time, perhaps bring on some newer clients. Yep. Okay. So I don't know if you noticed what we did there, Kwame, but we just came up with three really compelling reasons for why this is a good idea. And I I know you have a lot of work to do and we need to put metrics on this. Of course, we need to be rock solid with the metrics because you know that Steve the Steamroller is going to want to hear all those. So we have higher, wider, deeper within the existing accounts and new client retention. That's number one. Number two, this this idea is going to result in process efficiencies or elimination of redundancies or whatever that looks like. And then number three, and most important that we would probably say, is that there conservatively there's there's the potential to increase the bottom line from five to seven percent, and if it gets wings up to fifteen percent. So, do you see Kwame? How if you frame it in those three particular points, that you will get at least get Steve's attention and get him to consider it. Yes, I do. And I will say this was a successful part one of the sparring session. Well done. Well done. This is great. So let me, I took some notes. Let me run okay. through what I saw and I'd like you to, to, to expand on that. So first, um, I wanted to start off by throwing a lot of spaghetti at the wall. Um, I wanted to try to confuse you with a lot of things. I'm like, what's my problem? Everything's my problem. Nancy, figure that one out. So <laughs> I wanted to throw a lot of insecurity, um, a lot of um, incoherent details and um, a little bit of uh, apprehension to even going forward with this. And so what you did was really great because you focused on one thing and then you had me go deeper on that. You said, well, you told me a lot there, but you said mess me, you might mess things up. What does that mean? And you went deeper on that specific term. So I gave you a lot of things and you simplified it by focusing on one and going deeper. I thought that was great. You also focused the conversation really well and you worked through my anxiety because you realized that we're not really going to get anywhere until you can address those emotional concerns too. And so you were really good at um, suspending your agenda and addressing those emotional concerns until they stopped getting in the way of the conversation. Because again, like you said in the actual episode, there's a difference between facts and feelings, but those feelings are going to have an impact on how we interpret those facts too, right? So you had to address that emotional component. So that patience there was really great. And then I love how you seamlessly started to coach me through how to have the conversation by helping me to organize my thoughts so I can be organized internally, so I could share it in an organized fashion externally. And then also focusing on the merits of the idea too, because you you recognize that even though at the moment I wasn't believing in myself, I still believed in the idea. And so by focusing on the the value of the idea, it essentially it reanimated me and I was re-engaged and I started to, again, get back into the conversation. Also, if you were to probably do a bit of a breakdown of the the conversation percentage-wise, I was talking a lot more 
And so that is because of your curiosity, asking great questions and helping me, giving me an opportunity to vent, but also gathering information so you could be a better problem solver. Um, and you set clear targets because for me, I was coming with a, a generalized plan, but really no path to victory. But you started to get very clear on what it would take for me to be successful, which helped me to realize that there is actually a plan that could lead me to success if I'm very clear on what those metrics are. And then we can focus the messaging directly toward those uh, metrics, which I thought were was really great. So um, afterwards, I felt very confident in what the path forward was going to be, what the strategy was going to be, and actually what I was going to say at the meeting. And so those are my my quick notes because I was I was acting and taking notes <laughs> at the same time. But I, I'd love to to hear your thoughts too. So um, I think it's interesting because <laughs> I was extremely frustrated because you were like, oh, it's just not a good idea. And you said that two or three times, maybe three or four times. And this happens a lot. So a lot of times, and it doesn't matter who you are in the organization, people will catastrophize the situation. So, and that's why I said, are you really going to lose your job if you, if you, if this idea doesn't, you know, doesn't get wings? And the other thing that I was trying to get at was, you know, Kwame's innovative is the company innovative? Because if not, like if really they've been doing the same thing for 20 years and they don't value innovation, you need to figure out whether or not you want to stay with this company. Right. So, I mean, I would never really leave because of a boss, Steve, the steamroller. OK, we've all worked for Steve, the steamrollers. But if the company isn't a match for what you want to be doing, that would be the next conversation is, well, let's talk about why you're with this company that's not aligned with your values and how long you think you'll be able to be happy at that company. Um, we didn't get to that because you were a great um, client and we got right into the to the actual issue. And that happens all the time. I mean, you know, it, it, it happens all the time it is. Are you really going? Are you really going to lose your job if you don't do well with this presentation? I have that conversation with people probably several times a week. Like, let's take it down a notch. Right. If you if you mess up for whatever reason it's not the end of the world so let's let's get that fear out of the way is that you might mess up you probably won't and we're going to get you trained so that you don't but if you do it's not the end of the world because if you go into the the negotiation or the presentation thinking that you have to be perfect something is going to go wrong it always does so you have to have the confidence in what you're presenting to not worry about if you mess this up or the other thing up yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Yeah. And, and you handled that really well um, because I didn't want to let you off the hook when you said, are you really going to lose your, you lose your job? I was like, yeah, <laughs> I will. I'm doubling down. So, so you handled that really well. And the, the way that you handled it was very, it was very smooth and fluid. So I think a lot of people would have, might have missed it. Um, but essentially what you said is, okay. So approaching it with sheer rationality didn't work. I was not in a rational state. <laughs> um, but what you decided to do was you shifted again the focus to the idea and the path forward. Okay. So what's the idea? Why do you think it's a good idea? How can you pull this off? What matters to the company? And so I essentially started to talk through it myself. You didn't have to say, Kwame, it's a good idea. It'll make money. They'll go for it. You had me say those things and you asked questions to get me to say those things. And I calmed down through the process. Yeah. You know, the other piece is um, the, the first 
the first so what or the first benefit was the increase to the bottom line. The next one, so you said CEO, and I think, oh, sorry, COO. I think COO process efficiencies. Um, results. That's what a COO cares about. If you if you had said the CFO, we would have talked more about finance because that's what the CFOs care the most about. So so you know what they care about based on their role. So in order to be persuasive, without having the conversation with them and without asking them specifically what do you care about, you can make some educated guesses and some assumptions on what they're going to care about. And ninety nine percent of the time, that's going to be accurate, particularly if it's a client. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think something that's really important for us to realize is, again, the value of patience, right? And I, I would call it active patience because I don't like the term patience. I don't like to wait, but it's active patience because you're doing something in the process because you could have started off the conversation saying, here's the plan. This is how you articulated. Boom, boom, boom. Right. But I was not in any way ready for that. <laughs> we, had, we had to get to that point. And a lot of times what's really tough is in these difficult conversations, we know exactly where the conversation should go. And we're confident enough in our skills to know most likely we are going to get it to that point. And we just want to get there. But we have to say, okay, well, sometimes the fastest way to get there is a little bit more circuitous mm -hmm. because I have to clean up the mess that Kwame gave me, mm -hmm. have to handle his emotions, and then I need to paint the picture for him. And then I can get to that outcome that I know we can get to, but I have to drop it at the right time. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is great. This is great. Yeah. You were testing my imagination. I was running out of uh, ideas. Well, you were um, testing my patience. I was running out of patience. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I am excited now uh, that Freestyle led me to come up with Steve the Steamroller. And I'm pumped to be this guy. Uh, this is going to be fun. Okay. So, so now we're in phase two of the sparring session. And so I am going to be Steve the Steamroller, and now you can show what that conversation can look like um, as the the client effectively having the conversation. So let's let's start off, Nancy, first by painting the picture. I I've given a few details on what Steve the Steamroller is like, but I'd like you to paint a more horrific uh, picture um, based on some of your experiences and your clients' experiences. Give me some characteristics that I can put into play. Steve the Steamroller um, never lets women speak, like never, will be mid-sentence and he will interrupt them, um, will take a idea and repeat it as his own. So for example, if I bring up the idea that I think we should um, only sell dark chocolate in the cafeteria, Steve the steamroller will not acknowledge it and then perhaps in the same meeting, perhaps at a future meeting, say, I have an idea, I think that we should not sell dark chocolate in the, we should only sell dark chocolate in the cafeteria. Um, he tends to over explain particularly when he's talking with women, not only, but particularly. Um, and I, as I said, he, he really interrupts quite a bit to the point that it's distracting for everybody in the meeting and everybody has a problem with it. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. Okay, cool. 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 All right. I, I, I have, uh, I've channeled my inner Steve here. Right. So now I'm so, playing, I'm playing one of my clients, right? Who's getting, yep. okay. 
Yep, exactly. And we can kind of riff on the same idea, um, more or less. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll take it from there. So great. Let's get started. Nancy, I saw you scheduled this meeting. Yes. Um, and as soon as the rest of our colleagues get here, we can start the meeting. Okay. All right. Can you give me an idea of what, what this is about? Um, the meeting is about an idea I have that I think would be awesome for the company. I think it'll save us money, get us new clients and increase the bottom line. That's nice. I, and I think most ideas sound really nice at the beginning. Um, everybody, everybody has ideas. I remember when I was young, like you, I used to have a, a lot of ideas and um, not many of them were taken and most of them shouldn't have been. So, so yeah, I think it's good that you're, you have those ideas. Just, you know, keep them coming. Let's talk through it and see what we can do. So, so how, how are you going to make us money, Nancy? Tell me that. So the idea I have is to um, expand our portfolio of what we can offer. I've already spoken with the VP the of Ops. The portfolio is is already we. I, my thing is we already sell too many things, Nancy. That's the problem. We have to simplify. Uh, adding more things to the portfolio that just leads to problems. And and actually, it reminds me of something that I, I discovered back when I was working at Deloitte in in '93. Um, I was I was just a, you know, middle of my career ish. And, um, I had this idea to expand the portfolio and, um, I had an opportunity to pitch that to, to my, to my, my leader. And, uh, he shot me down. He shot me down. Cause he said, young guns like you, you always come in with these new ideas, but you haven't figured out how to do the business the right way the first time. And now you want to change the business. Well, you know? I'll tell you what, Steve, I think that this time, maybe it won't get, it won't get shot down. If you can give me just a couple minutes to finish my train of thought, that would be great. Sorry, are we, sorry, go are ahead. We, are we okay on time? I just want to make sure I'm respectful of your time. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Great. Okay. So as I was mentioning, I think that I found a way. I met with Mike in ops. I met with Mary in human resources. I met with Bob in um, strategic planning. And they actually all agree that if we could add this one service to our portfolio, we would be able to do it without increasing our cost. And in doing so, we would be able to bring on new clients. Hmm. Okay. I mean, sounding good uh how how do you think we do this so i think the first step is really to get everybody together and to um expand a little further who's everybody on... who's, who's everybody right so um bob and ops mary and human resources and mike in strategic planning and i've actually I invited them to the meeting today. I don't, they, they must be on their way. Um, but I think, um, Steve, if, if you think that you'd like to explore it a little bit further, which I think you should, I think I really didn't get into the specifics on the numbers in terms of incremental yeah, revenue. Yeah, the, number, the numbers are going to be the, the most important thing, Nancy, if I'm being honest with you. Because if it makes, wait, I know what you're going to say, Steve. If it makes dollars, then it makes sense, right? That's exactly how did you know? Well, how did you know you, I was gonna say it? We're looking at about two million in incremental dollars and cents if we can get this off the ground. So Oh wow. How yeah. soon? Well, as I mentioned, I think we should probably plan to bring the team together and I'm happy to spearhead that if you'd like. And what I'd like to do is provide you a very quick executive summary. Maybe I can do that weekly if that's something that you'd like to see weekly. You tell me the level of engagement that you'd like. Well, I, I like to be involved throughout the process. So I think that executive summary would be great. And, you know, Nancy, I think it'd be cool to incorporate your see if there's any way that we can kind of 
maybe not necessarily implement your idea, but take one of the ideas that I've had and kind of see if what you have could add to that idea. So one of the things that I was actually thinking about was adding just one, not not a ridiculous amount of things, but just one thing to the portfolio. And I think that would be helpful. That's something that I was I was planning on doing. And I was wondering maybe if you could get with Bob uh, and uh, and uh, the other folks from you know strategic planning and HR and talk about how we could incorporate one thing to the portfolio, just something else to to add maybe one or two million to the bottom line. I think that would be great because if it sounds like you've been kind of talking about that already, but I've I had this idea before, and so if you all could run with that, I think that would be cool. Well, I think uh, absolutely we can certainly try to incorporate it for the betterment of the team. I think what's important here is that we stay focused on this particular idea. You know, the the team's already met on it. We're already in motion on it. So absolutely, I think, uh, what is it they say? The high tide lifts all boats. So if this project gets off the ground, absolutely, I think it's going to raise the whole team. So with your um, endorsement, I'd love to move forward with the idea as I presented it. You're good. You're good. I'm trying. I was trying to think. I was trying to think of more like ridiculous things to say, but I, I didn't want to border on cartoonish, <laughs> you know, with my approach. So you're good, Nancy. That you handled that really, really, really well. This time, I, I want you to take the first shot at, at the analysis. Tell tell me what you what you felt, what you saw, what you did. I'm did checking. You- I'm checking my blood pressure right now because I have to tell you, I am. <laughs> my heart rate is so high. I don't know how to check it on my watch, but I guarantee you it's up there. I was this close to saying no, but I know I can't. Right. So, so that's a really good, it's a really good point because I I was fuming because I have had my ideas taken before and not, not, not necessarily by men and it's very weak and it's very childish. And by the way, it always bites the person in the end, but it's not fun. So I was really racking my brain trying to think of how am I going to get him to not steal this idea? Like that was very, that was very aggressive of you, Steve. Um, <laughs> but I felt strongly, you know, I, I'm not letting somebody know. Like I did the work. I met with these people. It's not about me. It's about the team and the work that's already been done. So I think we can add the most value if we stay on this track. Absolutely. What I was trying to say is, of course, Steve, we're going to we're going to make sure you look good. That's what I was trying to say. But I'm not turning this whole idea over. No, no. I'm you still did a mad. Great job. So you, know. you did a listen. I you, you handled yourself exceptionally well because I, I said, OK, interrupt, steal ideas, over explain. I was like, I got that. <laughs> I can do that. Um, and you handled it exceptionally well. And so let, let's break down the 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 things because I interrupted you several times. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the impact that had on you, how you yeah. felt and then what your strategy was for that. Yeah. Um, so. I felt myself getting irritated and getting annoyed. And I knew like it's it's almost a little game I play with myself. So because it happens all the time, it's almost like, OK, do your interrupting. That's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know I'm going to get to my point and I know that I'm going to get what I need from this conversation. 
So you can interrupt me as many times as you want, as long as I can continue to make my point. So my job there is to understand it's going to happen, not get emotional about it, because had I said, excuse me, Steve, if you just let me finish my sentence, which is what I wanted to say, that, that would have shut Steve down and, st- and that would have been adversarial and I wouldn't have gotten my point across. But instead, I was kind of placating and OK and OK, but I wasn't getting steamrolled. I was every at every time saying, yes, I understand. Ha ha. Back to my point. So I really had to check myself to not get emotional. And this was a role play. Like, imagine when the stakes are really high. It's emotional. So, it, you know, you just have to de- you have to take it down. Just Yeah, take it down a notch, right? right. And here's the thing, because me talking as Steve in this moment, I would have loved it if you would have gotten a little bit aggressive or upset with me. I would have absolutely loved it because I'm the steamroller. This is my territory. Right. And it reminds me of this, um, this saying, uh, you never wrestle with a pig because both of you are going to get muddy, but only one person is going to like it. Right. It's like, okay, this is great. We want to have an awful argument. This is right. absolutely right. fantastic. I've been creating that for decades, you know? And so you don't want to, to get into that territory because number one, it's going to take you away from your goals. Number two, you're not going to enjoy it. You're going to feel bad even if you are successful in doing that. And it's just going to make it less likely that you're going to have career success in this role because now you've created an enemy when you didn't need to. And there are other ways that you can advocate for yourself and make sure that your voice is heard without being combative. And of course, you could say, but they started it. That, again, it's a difference between fault and responsibility. It might be their fault, but it's still your responsibility to comport yourself in a way that puts you in the best position to succeed in the conversation. Right. It doesn't matter, right? You can be happy or you can be right, right? I'm sure you've heard that expression before, (laughs) particularly in a marriage, but... You can be, you know, so I can either I can either be right and tell Steve what I really think or I can get my point across that's going to catapult my career. It's going to put me on the map and I'm probably going to end up soaring over Steve. And that has happened to me in my career. I had bosses that took my ideas and they ended up coming back to me looking for jobs down the road. That's mm. the cream rises to the crop and to the top. And that that really I think people need to remember that. Yeah. And let's talk about stealing the idea because you, you said it, it was, it was quite aggressive. And, um, I felt slimy even doing that one. I have done, I've done a lot of horrible things in these, <laughs> in these sparring sessions, but I think that was one of the grossest, you know, be after chastising you for the idea and then hearing how good the idea was and then saying, actually, even though before I said, don't add to the portfolio. I'm going to say, you know what? I've been thinking about adding to the portfolio. So let's just take my idea. You color it. Right. And so in that moment, I would be interested to hear like your level of emotionality at that moment. Cause I know I was already testing you. I'm assuming it, it, your, the, the temperature went up a little bit and talk us through how you were strategizing that response in that moment. So first was the realization that, oh, okay, he's trying to take my idea. And I had to calm down a little bit and just um, reassure myself that, okay, well, that's not going to happen. So that's off the table, right? The outcome of this conversation is not going to be, hey, Steve, sure, take my idea and take all the credit. That's just not going to happen. 
And then I wanted to clarify and get him to say it a couple other ways to make sure I understood correctly, because perhaps I misunderstood. Maybe he wasn't really saying that. And then the last piece was to firmly but politely say, I, I understand what you're saying. I think the direction to go is this direction. This, is, this was me saying, this is what I'm willing to do, Steve. Take it or leave it in a nice, nicer way, hopefully. But I understand what you're saying. I think the best path forward would be to do this. If I have your endorsement, let's move forward. Because yeah. that's not going to happen. Yeah. Oh, this is good because it, it's cool for me being on the receiving end too. Um, because you, you notice at the end, there was a little bit of hesitation because for me, what I was trying to do is I was trying to find an opening. I was trying to find an opening to still steal your idea <laughs> is, is what was happening. But you, you addressed it and summarized what I said so thoroughly. And then you closed the book on that so conclusively that even Steve, the steamroller, could not find a justification to get 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 back in there. And and again, I think one thing that people don't realize is that again, I don't want to think about it in terms of blaming the victim, but we have to realize that our behavior sometimes invites some of the bad behavior. And here's what I mean. So for me, as a negotiator, I'm trained to look for weaknesses and vulnerabilities. Of course, you. You, we've talked like the way that I do this podcast, not the sparring sessions, but the actual podcast. That's the way I negotiate. But I'm listening to hear what the person just said and how they said it. They didn't say it with a lot of confidence. And so even though they put up a wall, I think that I can still push them. I heard some vulnerability there. So I'm going to respectfully push, right? And so a lot of times, if you're not as conclusive with the way that you're closing the door, what the person hears is, mm, there's still a chance. And so, with the way that you closed the door on that so thoroughly, I couldn't find a way in and I didn't even bother trying. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of people might have said in that situation, <clears throat> if they were me, oh, I don't know if that's such a good idea or <laughs> no, I mean, not, not really. Or you have to be firm and you can be firm and kind at the same time. You don't have to, I, I don't think I sounded too strident. I think I was, and I said it with a smile on my face. Oh, I, I have it now. I don't, I think this is really the best path for us to go. Would you like to go forward? Yes or no? Do you want to go forward on this path? Because we're not going forward on that path. So I, I think you're right. I think it's a really good point. And, and that's what I see a lot of women do um, because they're a little bit more intimidated. And I was, I was nervous and because I didn't, you know, I, I was nervous and I was uh, anxious, but I was not going to back down. I was not. So I and I knew that. And I think that's the difference is I knew that. Yes. OK. And, and Nancy, this is a really big point, too, because one of the things you mentioned earlier was, OK, I see what he's trying to do. And so I know that I am not going to let that happen. And so we have to realize that self-defense, our ability to defend ourselves, it is completely our responsibility. Steve, the steamroller, is not here to protect you, Nancy. You have to protect yourself. And it's really empowering because the reality is I have choice. I am feeling pressure, but I still have a choice. And so one of the things that we talk about in negotiation all the time is never trade value for emotion, right? And so the emotion comes in different ways. 
I might be getting really upset, so you give me something to to placate me. Or you might be feeling pressure, and so you make a concession in order to take the pressure off of yourself. But at the end of the day, we have a choice. And a lot of times, the bad things that happen in these negotiations happen because we let them happen. We can't, a bad deal doesn't happen unless you say yes. And so once you realize, hey, no matter what happens, I've got my own back and I'm not going to let that happen in this conversation, that's empowering. It doesn't make the conversation necessarily easier, but it allows you to operate with a lot more confidence knowing that at the end of the day, it's still in my hands. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That wasn't going to happen. You know, the other thing I do really quick is, um, you know, I'm not, it's, I, I try to de, de um, I can't think of the word. So when you were playing Steve, I'm like in my head, Steve's a clown. Like I've dealt with a thousand <laughs> Steves in my day, right? Like, I, okay, Steve. Yep. We know. So it's, you, you know, they're going to act like that. I just don't take it seriously. I take my job seriously and I take the outcome seriously. But when somebody starts behaving that way, it's like, it's nonsense. It's nonsense to me. So when Steve started trying to steal my idea, that's ridiculous. He's not going to steal my idea. So it almost makes it like almost playful for me. Like, yeah, okay. And that helps me just kind of have some fun and be myself and get my authenticity back and not really worry about it because that this is a joke. Like this is not going to happen. Steve's a joke. So I'm not saying to go into your negotiations thinking that, that you're the person you're negotiating with is a joke, but if you're facing a bully at work and you're trying to advocate for yourself, they are. And you need to figure out how in your mind you can like de-emphasize how much power that take the power away from them steve had no power in that conversation none steve you can take my idea or you can leave it there you go yeah so yeah. simple and let me highlight one last thing too um because when i was stealing your idea as you you stopped to clarify because you, you let me give it the benefit of the doubt maybe he's not trying to steal my idea oh yes he is okay cool now i know for sure <laughs> right and so when we think about clarification we think about it usually simply in terms of deepening our understanding for the sake of effective communication. That is just one of the many benefits of clarification. One of the reasons I, I clarify a lot other than just for the sake of deepening my understanding is time. I want more time. And so I will ask questions and clarify mm -hmm. to give myself time. Mm -hmm. And if, especially if somebody has said or done something offensive and my blood pressure has risen to a boiling point, I, I say, oh, you know, the Kwame of this very moment is not emotionally equipped to respond in a way that is sensible. So I am going to ask these questions. Essentially, I'm going to pause the conversation and I'm going to give myself the time I need to recover and determine what I'm going to do or say next. Because usually I don't know, especially if I'm flustered. So I'll ask those questions and I'll clarify. And then one of my favorite things to do is say, you know what, Nancy, you just said a lot. Give me one second. Let me take some notes and I will leave them in silence for 10 or 20 seconds as I take my notes. I might not even be writing anything, Nancy. I'm just trying to calm down. And then I'm going to come back where with a little bit more focus, usually with a question that is geared towards leading them off of that point. But again, clarification has a lots of a lot of benefits and just slowing down the conversation through clarification is one of them. Totally agree. Absolutely. The pause is one of the most underestimated communication tactics, I think, in the world. Just 
take a second. Take a second for everybody. Exactly. Oh, this is good. This is good. And I know what a lot of people are saying. They're saying, Nancy, if only you had a book, if only you had a podcast or a consultancy where I could work with you. Could you help them? I can. So I have a book. It's called Unmute Yourself. Speak up to stand out. It's on Amazon. It's on Audible. It's in hardcover. It's in paperback. It's that's all the things I think. And then I have a podcast which got launched today called Unmute Yourself the Podcast. Right now it's on Spotify. I would imagine in a few days, few days it'll be on Apple. And I love talking to everyone. So right on my website, there's a button, nancymedoff.com, M-E-D-O-F-F.com. Uh, you can click a call. You can click to set up a call. Fantastic. Nancy, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Congratulations, you've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.